0: You know, it's already November 22nd, and uh, Thursday is Thanksgiving. And, uh, you know, I get to this time of year, I always wonder, where did the year go? And uh, 2015 has been a really good year for Rockbrook. Uh, great things are happening here, and it's not because we're a great church, it's because we serve a great God. And that's, that's why it is. And, and one of the ways that we celebrate what God has done for us and to us is uh, every year we give a celebration offering. Uh, Between Thanksgiving and New Year, we just uh, give you the opportunity to give a special offering that we use for for special purposes. And the celebration offering, it's not an offering that's taken out of need. Uh, God is providing, God is blessing, God is working through you. We're experiencing the best year of giving that Rockbrook has ever had in in our 18 years. And so we don't do the celebration offering out of need. Uh, God is sufficient. Uh, You folks are obedient in your giving and tithing. And as the money comes in, we work to be the best stewards we can possibly be of the resources that God has given us. Our staff is creative, they're frugal, they make do, they do without, they reuse, they repurpose, and uh, we just squeeze all the goody out of uh, every dollar that comes in. And and so we're not asking you to give out of need. Uh, We don't have great need, but we have great vision. And the vision always exceeds the resources. There are always things that we could do if if. And so we want to see God do great and mighty things on his behalf through us. We want to be the channel that God uses to accomplish his will, his way in the world. And whenever God provides for his church, when God provides for his people, and God provides for you and me, that provision has human fingerprints all over it. Uh, you know, nothing miraculously falls out of the sky. It, just, it comes as humans uh, give faithfully as God directs them. And that's just another representation of God's grace and God's generosity. Because God could do all this stuff himself. God could do all of this stuff without us. But instead, he gives us the opportunity to participate so that he gets the glory and we get the blessing. And God allows us to participate through our giving and through our acts of service. So as we talk a little bit about the celebration offering today, the first thing I want to do is I just want to take the guilt out of it this is not about guilt. This is about celebration. It's about thanksgiving. It's about praise. It's about generosity. Uh, We we have a little different philosophy about giving here at Rockbrook than than some churches do. We we have never done fundraising here at Rockbrook. We don't do car washes or bazaars or bake sales or sell things trying to raise money. We don't do fundraising because the, the Bible teaches that if we just all simply tithe, the church would have all the money that it needs to do what God wants it to do. Folks, God is good at math. God's good at math. And, and he established a pattern right, off, right out of the bat. He established a pattern, top 10% off the top. You give it to God, and, and it, it meets the needs of everybody if we just do that. And so if you're not tithing, I'd encourage you to start. It's just uh, God offers tremendous Blessings. The people who tithe. I've seen that in my own life for years and years and years. I've seen it in the lives of hundreds and hundreds of other people. Uh, Bruce Ammons teaches tithing and conquering death God's way. Dave Ramsey teaches it in Financial Peace University. Any good Christian financial program is going to talk to you about tithing. So the celebration offering is not a substitute for tithing. And it's not a guilt offering to to make up for not tithing. It's just an over and above giving. It's about thanksgiving, about praise, about generosity. So just, just take the guilt out of it. We're not laying any guilt on you. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says this. It says, Each of you, and this is, a, this is a special offering verse situation. It says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. Not reluctantly. This is not the time of year to be a Scrooge. Not under compulsion. You know, we're not, we don't give out a compulsion. We give out a celebration. That's why we give. So we're just going to take whatever God lays on your heart to give, and we're going to use it for the glory of God. Now, as we move into the celebration offering season, this is a great time for me just to explain, maybe remind you uh, what we're already doing. Uh, when you tithe to Rockbrook Church, the first thing we do as a church is we tithe. And we just take the first 10% that comes in and we just, we just give it away to other ministries. We, just give, we don't use it here, we, we, we give it away. And, uh, and that's the baseline. We do far more than that, but we start with whatever the first 10% that comes in. And one of the first things that we use it for is for benevolence. Uh, we help families in our own church family with, with their needs. We help with medical bills, car repair, utilities, other needs within our church family. And we have a benevolence process that we have set up that helps ascertain the needs. We work with the families to figure out the best way to to meet them. And, And sometimes it's helping with finances. Sometimes it's just helping people establish a budget. Sometimes it's just teaching them good Christian financial principles. But we help people in our own church family. Generosity begins at home. And then we also provide financial support for local ministries. We have local Christian organizations that we partner with. And, uh, and, and we know who they are, they do a great job, and so we help them both financially and also tangibly in, with, with service. Uh, organizations like Caring for the Heart and Heart in Hand, Forest Avenue, Hope Haven of Cass County, City Union Mission, Life Choice Center for Women, and, and our small groups go out throughout the year to these local ministries and they provide goods and services and do projects for them. But we as a church, we support them financially, monthly, on an ongoing basis. And so, part of our, our celebration offering is going to go to these local uh, ministries to just bless them above and beyond. As we're moving into the end of the, their fiscal year, for many of them, into the Christmas season, their needs are greater. We're just going to just bless the socks off of them or, or buy them socks if that's what they need. We're just going to whatever they need. We also support national ministries. Uh, we support Missouri Right to Life. We support our, our Daily Bread, Radio Bible Class, Wounded Warrior Project, Mid-America Missions, and then ARC, the Association of Related Churches. And Rockbrook is one of 800 member churches who are planting new churches uh, in the United States. In fact, ARC is planting 100 churches every year. That, that boils down to about two two new church plants every week. Most of them are strategically planted at Christmas and Easter, but we're, we're, we're involved in planting new churches uh, here in America. Uh, we also support international missions. Uh, if you love God, you've got to love what God loves. And, and what does God love? Well, the Bible says, for God so loved the world. That's right. And so we support Kids International Ministries in the Philippines. Uh, That's Jeff and Colleen Long's ministry, and they uh, have a a varied ministry there in the Philippines. They've got children's homes in Manila and Tacloban and malay and and Rockbrook pays the school tuition for all the kids in the malay children's home. And a few years ago, there was just a need to educate that next generation, and we stepped up and said, you know what, we'll just pay the, the tuition so those, those little kids there can go to, to the Christian school. And I, I'm, honestly, I don't know how many there are, 15, 20 kids that we just we pay the tuition for and get them into school. Uh, we support Josie's Angels Home. That's Josie Long, the Long's daughter, and she has a home for girls that have been rescued out of the sex trafficking, got about 40 girls there. We've sent teams over to help the Longs with all kinds of projects, but, um, typhoon relief and All sorts of. Many of you have have been over there. Uh, We support First Love International. Uh, That's Dave and Michelle Clinton's ministry. And First Love, they have children's homes in Manila, in Nepal, India, and Kenya. And so we've kind of helped them with various projects, even in those other children's homes. But with Dave and Michelle, we're we're real close with them. Some of you guys went over and put a roof on one of the children's homes. Uh, We've remodeled a clinic that they have over there for widows and orphans. And we've helped them buy uh, buy land for a a home. And uh, so we support First Love. First Love. Uh, we support Tel Asia. Uh, Tel Asia is working in North India. Since 2008, we've been doing training conferences for uh, leaders and church planters and evangelists in North India. And we've trained hundreds, probably even thousands, of pastors uh, in India. I'm going over in December, going to speak to 2,500 uh, pastors uh, at a conference. Uh, that's the group that we did the Nehemiah DVDs for. And Tel Asia also has the Blue Haven Children's Home. And so we help them with their, uh, their children's home there. They've got about 30 kids that live in the home, and we've helped them with bedding and a computer and school supplies and Irish spring bath soap and all kinds of stuff. So we're supporting these organizations. We support them monthly, and then we support them with special projects uh, as they come up. So the celebration offering, it just allows us just to give them a little extra boost, a little another bit of gust of wind in their sails as we, as we finish out, out the year. And then we'll use part of the celebration offering here at Rockbrook. Uh, The the vision is always greater than the resources, and so it's nice to get an above and beyond offering that allows us to accelerate the ministry right here. And for instance, last year we used the celebration offering to uh, uh, remodel the two kids' classrooms in the building next door, uh, do the growth track room upstairs, and to put in new offices uh, for the staff up there. And so we'll use it to do uh, something like that here in order just to keep uh, elevating the ministry we do here. Now here's the deal. All of us are sitting in the seat of sacrifice of somebody else. All of us are are, are able to be here because somebody who went before us sacrificed and made this possible. And so we want to celebrate them for their sacrifice and then we want to sacrifice for those those who come after us. Because that's just how the church works. And so if you're new to Rockbrook, you may be thinking, well, you know, I've, I've never heard this. What's, what's this all about? Well, let me just lay it out for you here. It's on, on your notes on the screen. Look at this Bible verse here. It says, because I have set my heart on the house of my God. There are those of us here who we, we not only love our God, we love our church. We love the house of our God. We're excited about what God is doing. And great things are great things are happening here. I mean we've added ninety-nine new members so far this year. We have we've, we've baptized forty five people. We had seven hundred and fifty seven people in seventy eight small groups uh, this fall. And that included over sixty kids in kids small group and sixty teens in, in teens small groups. Uh, We've had 451 people attend a growth track event, one of the four growth track events that we do each month this year, 451 people. We've had 93 people who've completed growth track and have stepped up and are part of a a dream team. And so great things are happening here. And so without compulsion, because we've decided in, in our own heart, we've decided to give to the house of our God. And listen, you folks are doing a great job of giving. As a congregation, you are giving at an exceptional rate. But but because we have it in our heart, we want to give over and above all that I have prepared for the Holy House. We give over and above. Why? Because there's an opportunity. An opportunity for growth, an opportunity for blessing. It's the the spirit of thanksgiving. It's the season of Christmas. And, and, And God blesses generosity because He's a generous God. And then the Bible asks this question. It says, who among you is ready and willing to join in the giving? And that's the question that I would just have for you. Who's ready and willing to join in? And so we're going to receive the celebration offering. We receive it uh, all the way through to the end of the year. So you've got time to pray about this, you've got time to prepare, and and you've got time to give. And so I just want to encourage you, first of all, please don't shift your regular giving over to the celebration offering. Don't just take what you regularly give and write celebration offering on it and think you've done your part because uh, that, that just doesn't work. Doesn't work in your house, doesn't work in God's house. You know, I, as a young man, I made that mistake before. I've taken the, the utility bills in December and used it to buy Christmas gifts, and that makes for a wonderful December and a really crappy January, okay? <laughs> so you don't want to do that. And it's not financially feasible. You just need to uh, give this needs to be over and above. Now, the mechanics of it, the way you can give to the celebration offering, we kept it very simple in that little offering envelope that's in your worship folder. Anytime from now to the end of the year, you can put whatever you want to give in there. And there's a spot on there that says other. And you can just write celebration offering and designate the amount. And that amount of what you give will go to the celebration offering. If you give online at our website or through Church Community Builder, it's real simple there. You just click, designate the amount, and it goes to the celebration offering. So we're keeping it simple. You just ask God what to give. God lays it on your heart. You give it, and, and then we'll use it for God's glory. But what I want you to understand, and, and, th- and this is the most crucial part of this, I, I, you are not just giving money. You are giving hope. You're giving hope. And I want to just share one story with you, one example about two little babies. And honestly, I could share examples from now till, till the cows come home. But, but I want you to hear about these two little babies that were just recently placed in the first love home in Manila. And the first one is Keisha. Keisha's a baby girl. She was found abandoned on the street. Her mother had penned a note to her, said, I cannot care for my baby anymore please take care of her. She's 10 months old and she came to David and Michelle's home and she was malnourished. She had pneumonia. And, and so because you give, you've given Keisha hope, given Keisha hope. Grace, Grace is the daughter of a 13 year old girl living in the Clinton's children's home. And beautiful little Grace was conceived in rape. Her 13-year-old mother was raped. Her mother is handicapped, and she cannot care for the child. She can't care for herself. Dave and Michelle are caring for her, and now Grace's uh, angel has made the decision to put Grace up for adoption. But when you give, you're giving Grace hope. Now, your ties to Rockbrook, support these little girls, part of your celebration offering is going to go to help these little girls. And they're just two examples I mean, of what these ministries do. But at the end of the day, It's not about benevolence. It's not about helping the needy. It's not about planting churches. It's not about caring for widows and orphans. It's about giving people hope. All these ministries give people hope. Your giving gives people hope. Here's what I know as your pastor. I know that there are people who are sitting right here in this congregation right now who are going to give hope, who are out of hope. You're going to give, serve, bless other people, but in your own heart, you're out of hope. You know what hope is? Hope is a confident expectation hooked on something solid. I, I, just, I know it's going to be okay because I have anchored myself onto something solid, and I know it's going to be okay. Hebrews 6.19 says, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul Firm and secure. And so I know as a, as a congregation you're going to be generous with this offering. You always are. You, you are a generous, generous people. You have been for 18 years. But how could I deliver this message asking you to give hope when I know that you need hope? Because God's not only the hope for this city. God's not only the hope for our nation. God's not only the hope for the world. God is your only hope. He's your only hope. And so today, as you consider being generous to the world around you, I want to be generous to you. I want to give you something you can take out these doors uh, that will give you hope. You are an amazing blessing to the world. You really are. I mean, as I, as I talk to these organizations and as, I, as we send teams and go to these places, I mean, Rockbrook, Rockbrook, we love Rockbrook, we love Rockbrook. You You are an amazing blessing to the world. But I want you to know that God has some hope for you. God has hope for you today. Something you can anchor your life on so that in every storm you face, you can be secure. Because of the hope that you have. Now for most people, hope is a verb. Hope is something you do. I sure hope our team wins. I sure hope I get better. I sure hope it doesn't snow. Hope is a verb. But for believers, hope is a noun. Hope is something we have. It's something we hang on to. And so this is is my prayer for you. I want you just to receive this next verse as a prayer. In fact, let's read this out loud together. Let's just read this. May God, the source of hope, fill you with joy and peace through your faith in him. May God, the source of hope, now, the Bible identifies five sources of hope, and I want to, one of these would probably just solve your problem, but I want to encourage you to implement all five of these in your life so that you are so full of hope that it just spills out of you, it overflows to other people. And the first source of hope is God's presence, God's presence. One of the prayers I pray every weekend is that during the service, it may be in a verse, it may be in in a truth I share in the sermon, it may be in a song, maybe in a phrase in the song. I just pray every week that at some point you will experience God's presence. That's my prayer for you every other day of the week. That as you live your life, you would have these moments, you would just have these encounters with God where you realize that God is present and it gives you hope. For me personally, this is my go-to source for my hope. I mean, I just love the moments in my life when God breaks through all the, the chaos and the clamor and the clutter and God just shows up and, and I experience God. There he is. I just love that. And, and this week has just been an extremely busy, it's been a tension-filled uh, week for me and for my family. Uh, We've just had a lot of family stuff that's happened this week, and some of it has been triumphant, some of it has been tragic, and almost all of it has been serious life transitions. I enrolled my daughter this week in in UMKC. She's headed into into a four-year college. I mean, that's that's exciting, but it's a change for us. Uh, I transitioned my in-laws out of their apartment into uh, the nursing home. I mean... (laughs) I attended the funeral of a lovely Christian mom, uh, two years younger than I am, and that always rattles you. I made two unexpected trips to Iowa for family situations. I moved my office this week. I can't find anything. (laughs) You know, we we added another car, you know, I mean, DMV. I mean, it's just been a crazy week for us. And at one point, Katie, she's been staying with her folks, I've been at our place, and we've just been, and at one point as we were kind of passing each other, uh, she just said, do you ever just have to remind yourself to breathe? I mean, it's just, you know, and one of the ways I've been able to, to cope this week is just abiding in the hope of God's presence. Just every once in a while, I just have to stop and refuel spiritually. I just have to stop. Be quiet. and and connect with God. It's like David said, yes, my soul, find rest in God. Read this last phrase with me. My hope comes from Him. God, God's presence is the source of my hope. Second source of hope is God's promise. It's the Bible. It's just important for you every day to open up God's Word and read it. You don't have to read a lot, but you got to read something. Uh, Just get a verse for the day to hang your hope on Every day, open up the Bible and read God's Word. One verse, maybe just for one minute, just every day. And you don't have to make this some big elaborate deal that you can't fulfill. Oh, I'm going to read the Bible for an hour every day, or I'm going to read through the whole Bible. Those are good goals. I hope you'll do that. But sometimes we set the goals so big that we can't reach them, and then we become discouraged. Discouraged. And it has just the opposite effect. And so I would encourage you, just read something out of the Bible every day. Every day, get a verse to hang your hope on. My soul faints with longing for your salvation. Some of you feel like that right now, right here in church. My soul faints with longing. But, and there's that word but again. I'm, I'm becoming convinced that but is the most powerful word in the Bible. My soul faints. But... I have put my hope in your word. God's promises are a source of hope. Third source of hope, God's process. When you study hope in the Bible, you cannot get away from the fact that hope keeps showing up with the word suffering. Hope and and suffering. There is something in the midst of your worst days, your mistakes, your trials, your tests, whatever you're going through in life, there's something about those situations where God shows up and says, don't be troubled. I'm just working the process in your life. There's something that gives you hope. When you realize God doesn't expect you to be perfect, God doesn't expect you to handle all this on your own, you're not even expected to understand it. You just need to cooperate with God's process as He works in you. That's just very freeing. Now, I want to just show you one passage, but I want you to understand, this is all through the Bible. Uh, Hope coupled with suffering is a big part of God's process. Romans 5. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Why in the world would we glory in our sufferings? Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Circle the word produces in that verse. Suffering produces. Suffering bears fruit. Suffering brings results, and the results are hope. Hope. That's God's process. Fourth source of hope, God's purpose. Ultimate discipleship is not knowing more of your Bible. Now, I want you to know more of your Bible, but there are a lot of people who know a lot of Bible who aren't fulfilling God's purpose for their life. Ultimate discipleship is when you know why you're on the planet and then you use the Bible to develop that and fulfill the purpose that God made you for. Real hope comes from purpose. You have your greatest hope, a hope that anchors your soul when you know why you're here. Jeremiah 29, 11, written to the the darkest time in the nation of Israel's history. God, to the prophet Jeremiah, said, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Notice hope is connected to your future. Once you know your future, you'll have hope. And once you have hope, you'll know you've got a future. Fifth source of hope. And and this one has an adjective. This this one is called our blessed hope. And those of you who have been in church for a long time, you know what the blessed hope is. It's not the fact that everything is going to go fine here on earth, that the American gospel has deteriorated into, you got to have it all, and it all comes with a lot of stuff. That's not the biblical gospel. God never promised us that everything would go right here. In fact, Jesus promised us that here we would have trouble. That's the promise for here. God's plan is not a plan to enrich you. God's plan is a plan to rescue you. God's plan is, some glad morning, when this life is over, I'll... How lame was that? You got the words that, man, you don't have the hope. Yeah. Some glad morning, when this life is over, I'll... There you go. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm looking for the bus. I mean, my hope is that one day I can get out of here. My, my, my grandparents, my grandparents never said, oh, I'm just so disappointed in the government. Oh, I'm so disappointed in the economy. You know, they lived through two world wars and a Great Depression. You know, my grandparents said some glad morning, when this life is over, baby, I'm out of here. I'll fly away. I'm going home. I, they, they wore this life like a garment they couldn't wait to throw off. They had the hope, the blessed hope of the second coming of Jesus Christ, the blessed hope of heaven, the hope of getting out of here. And that's why believers, we we don't grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. That's why believers, we aren't overcome or consumed by our suffering. That's why as believers, we aren't shaken by the events of the world. All the bad news in the news, God's got that under control. He's got it under control. The evil actions of evil men are not going to thwart God's plan. They're going to fulfill it. They're going to fulfill it. God has promised. God has promised to be with us, to be with me through it all. I have the hope of God's presence. Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Jesus said, I will be with you to the end of the age. I can claim God's promises in His Word. There is nothing happening today that God hasn't already told us would happen in His Word. He's already promised it. I can rest in God's process. Whatever suffering comes my way, folks, I don't care if it's martyrdom. Whatever suffering comes my way, my God is big enough that my suffering can be productive in my life for His glory and my blessing. I can trust in God's purpose for my life. My life's not just about me and my puny little problems. I'm part of the greatest thing the universe has ever seen. I'm part of the church of Jesus Christ. And finally, number five, I have the blessed hope of God's place. God's place. John 14, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare, say it with me, a place for you? Jesus says, don't let your heart be troubled. i got a place for you. I have a place for you. That's my blessed hope, God's presence, God's promise, God's process, God's purpose, God's place. they are the source of my hope. And when I give, I give that hope to other people. Let's pray together. God, I I just pray for the discouraged that are here today, for those who've lost their hope. Maybe they've lost hope in their marriage or they've lost hope in a wayward child or they've lost hope because they can't get a job. They've lost hope because of sickness or disease or because of a relationship nightmare. God, I just pray, give them hope. Anchor the souls of the most generous people I know. God, they are consistently, faithfully, generously loving on the world around them. And I just pray that you will make a deposit of hope on their behalf. And maybe you're a believer and you're here today and you've wandered from God and you've lost your hope. And so I I invite you, God invites you to just come back home. Come back to hope. Repent, turn from your sin, find your hope in God. And maybe, maybe you're here today and you've never trusted in Christ as your Savior. Uh, Then the truth is, you are hopeless. You, You have no hope because Christ is the only source of our hope. But right now, in this moment, you can invite him into your life. And Jesus has promised that he'll come in, he will forgive you of your sins, he will bind up your wounds, and he will give you hope. God, thank you for that promise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.